1: Hey everyone, Thomas Crane here again with a little something special to tide you over until the casting announcement in the first half of February. Special thanks to all of you who all have auditioned so far, by the way. And a reminder, we are planning a special Q&A for the end of January. Nothing is off limits, you can ask anything. I can't guarantee I'll give you a satisfactory answer, but... And listeners, I'll try. And you can still send those questions to thomas at lazaruscreativeco.com. One last time, that's thomas at lazaruscreativeco.com. So, without any further delay, let's get to today's little bonus. The Lazarus Toys haunted attraction at the Wentz Brothers Festival of Fears was everything we dreamed of and more. Us being us, we ended up steeping every aspect of the entire experience in as much of our personal mythology as humanly possible. The entire idea of the house was that the guests going through were unlucky volunteers, exploring the site after the Lazarus Foundation stumbled across it. The queue leading up to the house itself was themed as an exhibition of items loaned out from the Scarab archives themselves. Smack-dab in the middle of the queue was an approximation of Dr. East's desk, old tape recorder and ancient Book of the Arcane included. The walls were covered in sketches and copy pages from esoteric texts, strings connecting the pieces as our dear doctor attempted to unravel the puzzle connecting the five great evils. During special family day events, where parents could bring their children through the house without monsters popping out of every corner, guests even had the chance of being personally guided through the site by the crotchety scholar himself. Now, it has to be stressed that all of this, while fun, was very non-canon. Obviously, East hasn't found Lazarus Toys yet, and when, and if he does, it will be under very different circumstances. However, now that we've introduced the wonderful world of parallel universes into the mix, who's to say this event didn't happen somewhere out there in the ether? So, without further ado, here is the first part of the audio guests would hear while they waited to enter Lazarus Toys, and peruse the shelves of this pop-up version of the Scarab Archives.
0: Ladies and gentlemen... Welcome to this special temporary exhibit presented by the Lazarus Foundation. My name is Gilbert Riles, and I will be your companion while you wait for your opportunity to explore the Lazarus Toys site. On the wall and tables beside you are a selection of artifacts from the Foundation's repository of physical artifacts, a location that is commonly referred to as the Scarab Archives. You are invited to take a look and examine these pieces while you wait for your chance to explore the Lazarus Toys site. A reminder from Project Lead Dr. Gordon Stewart and Archives caretaker Dr. Delbert East, anyone touching the artifacts will be immediately ejected from the site. The Lazarus Foundation also wishes it to be known that they share no responsibility in the event of any injuries or curses you might incur while perusing this exhibit. Thank you. Dr. East has regretfully had to step away from his desk for the time being, but he has left this recorded message for you. Please stand by.
1: Hello, this is Dr. Delbert East speaking. As Gilbert has likely already told you, I am the current caretaker of the Scarab Archives. I want the record to show that I was against having so many pieces from the Archives in such close proximity to, well, civilians, for lack of a better term. These are not toys, and they are not display pieces. Almost every item that surrounds you has had some form of contact with forces beyond our understanding, and those forces, not all of them are good i was eventually convinced with the understanding that i would be there to preside over the pieces provide information and ensure volunteer safety unfortunately this agreement was struck before i was informed that dr stewart would be heading the investigation into the lazarus toy site personally given that i have devoted so much of my own time and research into the quest to find this blasted building i feel justified in my displeasure with this arrangement With this in mind, I'm stepping away from my desk to find Dr. Stewart and give that pompous ass a piece of my mind. While I'm away, I'll ask that no one touch the items on my desk, my pieces of research, or the relics on the wall. A Lazarus Foundation intern will see you into the site, and Gilbert will answer any questions you might have about the Scarab archives. I should be back shortly. Thank you. And be careful. We really have no idea what might be dwelling inside Lazarus Toys.
0: In lieu of answering a litany of questions, I will instead play a musical interlude from Dr. East's personal collection. Please enjoy while you wait for your turn to explore the Lazarus Toys site. Thank you.
1: Ah uh, ah uh, ah, uh, no music for you. Don't want to slip on the old copyright banana peel. Anyway, following that musical interlude, we'd hear a bit more from Dr. East and Mr. Riles. This time, East would go into a bit more detail on some of the items on the shelves. Pay attention, and you might hear a few references in Easter eggs to some of my own favorite stories.
0: Dr. East has just sent in another message. Please stand by.
1: This is Dr. East speaking once again. My search for Dr. Stewart has been fruitless so far. I'm about to head over and check out this weird circus tent next door, and if that fails, I'll probably go check out those weird militia guys in their big bunker across the way. But before I do that, I may as well tell you about just a few of the relics lining the shelves beside you. Uh, Let's see, the large book that has seen better days is the waterlogged Bible of the notorious Walton clan who commonly fed on unwary tourists before persistent nightmares drove them to kill each other in a homicidal rage. Uh, Up on the top there, you can see an ornate golden music box. According to local legend, it is said that when the music box is opened, its enchanting melody causes nearby inanimate objects to come to life and dance with a life all of their own. Obviously, that box is not allowed to be open anywhere near the Scarab Archives. Uh, On some of the shelves, you'll notice a variety of masks. Each has a special significance and meaning, I can assure you. The bull was worn in the annual Labyrinth Run by the Disciples of Minos, a cult in Greece that practiced human sacrifice. The doll masks you see just over there were worn by the infamous twin serial killers Molly and Holly. The large green mask with horns was found in a nearby patch of woods known to the locals as the Whispering Woods. Apparently, it's meant to invoke the local equivalent of the Wendigo spirit. Aside from the masks, you'll also notice three pendants throwing up on the shelf support systems. The smallest has the graven image of the Great Old One Cthulhu and was recovered from a private collection in New Orleans. The one in the middle is the symbol of the Magi, and is apparently meant to ward off the Humdai or the living dead. Personally, it just makes me want a decent cup of coffee. The last and largest bears the carven image of a scarab, wings spread in flight. This is the ancestral image of the Lazarus family, their coat of arms, if you will, gifted to them by an Egyptian mystic. The inscription reads Al Haya min al Adam Al Haya. It translates roughly to life from lifelessness, an appropriate motto for the family that founded the Foundation, as well as Lazarus Toys. One last item of note before my search for Stewart continues is that standee in the corner by the mirror that has the strangely toothy and wooden image. Well, this shamanic attire was found near the Whispering Woods in another patch of woods that the locals insist is haunted. Not much is known about it, but interns that have worn it have insisted that they keep hearing this voice repeating in their head, Do no harm. Do no harm. Not sure what that's about. Once again, I have to stress, please be careful going into Lazarus Toys. We really don't know what's in there. Now, I know it's abandoned, and I know that it's just an old store, but I've done the research. I've looked into the family history, and I think there's something there. Something very old and very hungry. Please, be careful. I should be back soon. Uh, Gilbert will take it from here. And please, do not touch the items on my desk. My research is very temperamental.
0: End of message. Please enjoy this musical interlude while you wait for your turn to enter and explore Lazarus toys. Thank you.
1: In lieu of further music, allow me to tell you that there were items referencing, in no particular order, Mystic Manor from Hong Kong Disneyland, Revenge of the Mummy from Universal Studios Florida, and of course, the Cthulhu Mythos, which has obviously been a huge point of inspiration for me. Now, before we close out this little bonus, one last little bit for you. We'll end this with audio from the video the guests watched before they stepped into the darkness and beheld the storm-shrouded facade of Lazarus Toys. This is our very own Nick Smith, reprising his role as that pompous-ass Dr. Stewart, giving a brief history lesson on this toy store in question. Please enjoy, and I'll see you next time. Stay tuned.
2: Scarab Archives, case file number 089. Designation, Lazarus Toys. Record Keeper Dr. Gordon Stewart The owner and operator of the toy store in question was one Emile Lazarus, last son of the once world-renowned Lazarus family of toy makers. Emile was a beloved figure to local children for his skill in mending broken toys and designing new ones. As time went on, However, Emile's business began to dwindle as suspicious parents took their children shopping elsewhere. Soon the toy store was on the brink of collapse. This can't have been easy on young Emile's mental state. As records indicate, on Halloween night 1962, Emile was seen carrying a strange teddy bear into his shop he was never seen again. Despite many attempts, the store never successfully reopened. Strange incidents and claims of hauntings hindered every business that dared try to reopen those doors. Urban explorers have claimed to have entered Lazarus toys over the years, but their fantastical claims of living toys, lauded over by a masked, Toymaker have never been verified. Some of these explorers have simply never returned. Who is this mysterious Toymaker? What does he have to do with the disappearance of Emil Lazarus? And perhaps the biggest question of all, who, or what, still dwells within Lazarus Toys?